1: today we welcome one of america's space heroes senator and astronaut john glenn to discuss the wonders of space day welcome to the program senator glenn
0: thank you much glad to be with you today
1: well it's a privilege and a very high honor today you'll have
0: to apologize i apologize in the start my voice sounds like kermit the frog today i think we got <laughs> too much pollen here in washington at the moment
1: well i think you're a busy man today and uh, we appreciate again mm-hmm. your time spent on this wonderful subject Senator, if I may start off uh, the program today, what in your mind uh, is the significance of Space Day?
0: Well, the main thing is to, uh, you know, the kids have all grown up these days with uh, uh, Star Trek and interest in space, and they, they've never known a time when space wasn't there, and a lot of them are interested in this. And one of the things that we really need, of course, is a lot of emphasis on math and science these days. We've been, in effect, in some respects, we're getting behind the rest of the world in our uh, elementary and, and high schools in math and science and uh, we need to pep that up or it doesn't look good for the United States for the long-term future. And so this is a way of of creating some interest here, and uh, what Space Day does as a focal point is bring a lot of kids in with the projects they've had in schools and their teachers in areas of space, in uh, in areas of space travel or travel within our own atmosphere, or also using uh, uh, other sources of power uh, to sustain flight. And they've had projects in those three areas this year, and the kids came in and and uh, received their awards and their recognition here today so it's a way of focusing taking this day and focusing on math and science and space and uh, uh, creating what i think is a good environment for these kids for the future
1: well that's awesome encouragement senator and continuing on with that theme uh, we'd like to ask you this what can parents and children do to actually get involved together in this wonderful event called space day
0: well i think the main thing is to discuss it with your kids if you're a parent uh... talk to your kids about it and uh... Let them know that you're interested in it. You're interested in their knowledge of math and science. That's uh, going to be a big factor in the future. You know, much of the, the, every bit of progress that's been made since the, uh, since human race has been around has been made because somebody was curious about how to th- do things differently or how can we learn something new that will alter the future. And if we can encourage our kids to be that, to have that same kind of curiosity that the uh, Wright brothers had or that uh, the astronauts uh, sort of look at uh, now with all the research they're doing or the, the sort of the focal point of some of that now, uh, then that's good for the kids for the future. And the, the more they can be inquisitive, curious people as they grow up, the better off we are.
1: Senator, what uh, areas of uh, the educational curriculum do you, f- do you feel is important, that is, for students to concentrate on if they'd like to become scientists and astronauts?
0: Well, obviously, the math is at the base of all most science, and uh, not all of it, of course. Or are theories come out, and you don't need uh, math to be knowledgeable in science, but uh, to really advance uh, science and really be a, a researcher, uh, you need a good base in math. And uh, we got to get away from this old idea, too, that girls can't learn math. <laughs> uh, just as an example, I get a big kick out of that one because some yes. of the sharpest mathematicians I've known were women, and uh, too many of the girls want to turn off when it comes to science, and yet uh, they make some of the best scientists if they get the training.
1: I would agree with you. Shifting gears as we move to the future of the American space program and the international space program, what would you uh, say as far as a manned mission to the planet Mars? First of all, I'm sure you would love to be a part of that, but when do you feel simply we as mankind may be actually landing on the surface of Mars?
0: Well, you know, this may surprise you a little because I don't think a Mars landing is in the offing for some time. We have a lot yet to learn before we go to Mars. Uh, right now, with the current technology, we could go to Mars, but it would be a trip of about eight to eight and a half months, probably, one way, same time coming back. It's a long ways out there, and uh, what time you'd spend out there, uh, two or three months or four months, it means that you're, you're dedicating about a two-year, taking about a two-year time period to make the whole trip, or close to it. Now, we don't have that kind of experience in space yet. Neither the uh, the systems in space to last that long, or the uh, supplies to take along that would last for a two-year period, uh, nor the just the experience with the human body in space for that lengthy period of time. Right. And uh, we need to do more of that. That brings back to the important. Before we can go to Mars, I think we need to get some of that kind of experience on the International Space Station. And it brings up the importance then, of the uh, work that uh, Admiral Gaiman is doing now, trying to get the space shuttle going again, because that's how we then take up the last parts of construct of construction material to complete the space station, and uh, and then get on with research on that to continue, not just limited to the two week uh, time period that is possible on the on the shuttle, uh, but now we can do research on continuing basis over a longer period of time, and that's where we really start learning much more, and get the kind of experience that will enable us then someday later to go to Mars, I think.
1: Senator, Dr. Sky, of course, covers the realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather as a NASA JPL uh, ambassador for education, and I'm proud of that title. But certainly a man of your stature and experience, many questions come up And this particular question. Take us back to February 20th, 1962, as you became, of course, the first American to successfully orbit the Earth and return. Tell us briefly, what was that experience like? Because on this program, I've also had the honor of speaking with Wally Schirra, one of your early, I'm sure, astronaut uh, partners as one of the original Mercury 7 astronauts. Tell us your experience on that date as you were to be launched into space uh, and on that whole historical event.
0: Well, uh, back in those days, you know, we hadn't orbited yet. I did the first orbital flight for this country, and so there were lots of things we did not know. And uh, some, for instance, some of the doctors at that time, we, well, we didn't know what would happen to the human body in space, what the reaction would be. And there were some doctors at that time uh, predicted that your eyes, for instance, would change shape when you're in space for several hours. Uh, your eyes would no longer need to be supported by the structure under the eye, and that your eyes are sort of malleable, flexible uh, material. And uh, your eyes might change shape, and your vision would change. And so uh, I actually had a, a little uh, vision chart on the top of the instrument panel I was to read every 20 minutes during flight, and if my vision was going bad, we even had emergency procedure of, of uh, re-entry to get back in. Uh, now that turned out to be a non-problem, and, and uh, eyes did not change in, shape, in, in space. Another one was they were afraid they thought that maybe some of the fluid in the inner ear, uh, when it might more randomly move about in zero G than it does here on Earth in a 1G environment. Uh, that uh, that might cause nausea and vertigo to the point where you wouldn't be able to uh, to function and so things like that were the things that we were trying to determine back in those days now uh what's happened through the years of course uh, before I went up a second time in 1998 uh, we'd had 130 uh, some manned flights and so we uh and the sh- emphasis of the whole program had shifted not to uh, just whether we could do it or not but uh has shifted to research, basic fundamental research up there. And we had on the flight in 98, we had uh, 83 different research projects on that one flight. And on Columbia, it had 90 uh, uh, research areas on that particular flight. So uh, the whole emphasis of the program has shifted. And, of course, we had a lot more experience, and so we knew a lot more about launching and effects of the human body. And the purpose of it has changed from just the question of whether we can do this or not uh, the emphasis now is on basic fundamental research that benefits, let me emphasize this, that benefits everybody right here on Earth. It's not just to, to uh, make new systems for going deeper into space. Uh, we do experiments with uh, biology and plants, uh, grow, plant growth is different up there, and uh, uh, metal, uh, metallurgical studies, uh, alloys that left uh, to melt and harden in space come out with a different molecular alignment and different potential uses and anything we can do here on Earth, and uh, cancer studies, and just a whole host of things that are a benefit here on Earth. And uh, that's what I like to stress about the importance of this research is for benefit of everybody right here.
1: Senator, a final comment uh, or so as we close this uh, rather short interview, but we certainly appreciate your time again talking to us about the wonders and values of Space Day and this uh, international celebration to the sky. Uh, you've always been a hero of mine as a young boy growing up in the early 1960s I remember vividly reading uh, everything I could about uh, your missions to space but briefly if you can tell us uh, who you're, who of the people that you looked at uh, in the world who would you consider to be a hero or two of yours when you were growing up to go to space
0: oh you know no one person I, I, uh, the, I never had any one I, there were different traits I admired in different people I guess and I still feel that way today uh, Back in those days, I looked at Lindbergh and I thought, gee, he really stuck to this and I, I thought that was great. I hoped that I could fly sometime. I didn't, uh, we didn't have much money when I was a kid and I didn't know that I'd ever be able to uh, fly myself, but uh, was able to later on. Uh, you look at people of the past, of uh, Lincoln and people like that who, for a particular reason, uh, you admired very much. Uh, and then I had uh, a person that sort of altered my life, was one of my high school teachers. Who wasn't in the science area? As a matter of fact, he was. Te- he used to teach a course called civics, which was a study of government and, and the politics, and he just made it come alive. He was such a great teacher, and I used to look forward to his classes. And out of that came my, my interest in government and politics that I got into later in life. And uh, uh, so, they're different people have different characteristics or uh, affected us differently at different times in my life, and I, I admire those people. I can think of uh, oh, different teachers and. Uh, uh, my dad of course and and people like that whom i admired for for different reasons so i've never had any one person as a role model i said that i i want to grow up and be just like x whoever that person might be
1: Senator, I do some volunteer work, as many people do around the country, with the Boy Scouts of America. And if yep. I'm correct, you yourself come from the uh, very interesting uh, you know, Hall of Fame with the Boy Scouts. Uh, tell us briefly a little story about the scouting and its value here in America.
0: Well, you know, I, I like the uh, scouting movement, like it very much. And one reason I like it is that uh, uh, I think it puts responsibility where it should be. You know that scout oath? Uh, Incidentally, uh, this is a mistake that I was a scout. I was never a scout. Didn't know that. think I was.
1: I always thought you were.
0: No, my son was an Eagle Scout later on, but uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have a scout troop in New Concord, the little town where I grew up, and uh, we wanted something like that. And so uh, a bunch of kids, we got together ourselves and formed a little group that we called the Ohio Rangers. (laughs) And we used the Boy Scout handbook, and we passed all the same merit badge tests and all that and uh... went through all the same kinds of things but we were not officially members of the uh... of the scouts so we had an organization that we had formed as ourselves that did uh, the same thing but uh... one of the reasons i admire the scouts so much and and have uh, supported scouting very much and and uh... some years ago the scouting people awarded me the silver buffalo which i think is the highest uh, honor they can give in scouting because yes. of my support for some of their activities and i'm very proud of that uh, but what I like about scouting is it puts the responsibility where it should be. You know, that scout oath is, on my honor, yes. I will do my best to do my duty and so on on through the whole thing. Everything is not we and you and the group and so on. It's my responsibility to take responsible for my own activities, and scouting teaches that. It's in the scout oath, and uh, I think is one of the most productive things a kid can learn, that they can't put it off to somebody else. Uh, They're on their own, and and, uh, they'll take responsibility for that. And scouting also, uh, it puts the kids, you know, you don't have to be a nerd, uh, a bookworm. You you don't have to be an athlete. You can be anything, but you're in there with a bunch of kids who are all these different things, and yet you're having to work together on uh, merit badges and projects where you work together no matter what your background is. And what your current interests are, it broadens your interests. It's like a, it's like you're doing research on yourself to find out what your own interests are, and uh, so I've always supported the Scouts because of that. And I think it's a good program.
1: Senator, finally, uh, any other further closing comments on the encouragement uh, for students regarding Space Day?
0: Well, no. I think that the lesson we try and get across in Space Day, if you can call it a lesson, is that we try and pique the kids' interest or or uh, use Space Day as a day of emphasis on. Uh, on letting the kids know how important it is that they keep their interest in math and science because that's going to do much of, of what advancing uh, this country is going to be into the future. And in fact, what the world's going to be in the future as people try and keep that same curiosity that some of the people we admire in the past, like the Wright brothers and people like that, that were celebrating their flight this year, their 100th anniversary of their flight, uh, people like that. We try and keep the uh, interest of the curiosity of the kids now to that same. High degree, so that these people will make their own uh, contributions to our society and to the world in their own time. And uh, some of these kids today that uh, come in with projects that they've been given awards for, that we gave them awards for this morning, uh, it's amazing. These kids are just doing stuff that is uh, is outstanding. And if we can just keep that kind of curiosity going, that's a that's a great benefit to this country and to the world.
1: Senator, I want to thank you very much for making a personal dream of mine come true and many others listening to this particular program. I salute your service to this country, sir, in both the areas as an astronaut and also as a United States senator. Thank you very much for your time. Well,
0: thank you. appreciate it. Thank you much.
1: Thank you, sir. This is Steve Cates. Thank you. This is Steve Cates, Dr. Sky, concluding another interesting edition of TeentalkNetworks.com's The Dr. Sky Show and also heard here live on News Talk 1010.